Hello and thanks for joining me. My name is Matt Bushby from Clearbridge Investments. With me today is Charles Hamey, Portfolio Manager across all of Clearbridge's listed infrastructure strategies. Today we're talking about inflation, bond yields and cash rates, recession risks and the impact on infrastructure portfolios. Charles, when investors think about inflation protection, they think about commodities, real estate, infrastructure. What is it about infrastructure that makes it different to these other asset classes in terms of inflation protection? Thanks, Matt. You know, infrastructure companies compare very well against other real asset classes, you know, real estate, commodities, etc. And and one of the reasons that's the case is the nature of the pricing mechanism. So if you step back and think about what actually drives the ability of all those companies, all those asset classes, sorry, to pass through inflation, it really it's three things. One is the pricing mechanism, the second is the market structure, and and third is the demand volatility. So think about infrastructure. The price mechanism, regulated or contractual, so very stable. The market structure, you know, a monopoly market structure. And demand volatility, being an essential service, very low. I think about property trusts or real estate assets. Price mechanism is almost entirely supply and demand driven, so very different. The market structure, in most cases, very competitive. And demand volatility is, is moderate to high. And then finally, commodities, you have a scenario where pricing, the pricing mechanism is very supply and demand driven. The market structure, again, very competitive and demand volatility very high. So what that means is as an asset class, infrastructure is very unique, especially in periods of high inflation. And it does enable the sector to provide a, a much more robust inflation hedge relative to the other asset classes. Can you just outline you know, what we mean when we talk about inflation protection? Inflation protection basically means that there is a hedge against rising inflation. So ultimately, as inflation rises, most other asset classes are really impacted by that, either in their costs or or other parts of their, their business. Whereas in infrastructure, the risk of inflation is passed through to the user of that asset. So essentially, there's no benefit. Um, it's more a hedge against rising inflation. So infrastructure so far year to date has performed very well versus these other asset classes. You know, what do you put that down to? The inflation story cannot be underestimated. The power of that inflation hedge in infrastructure and the uniqueness of it relative to most other asset classes has really stood out in the last six to nine months. I also think the the nature of the market at the moment, the volatility of the market, the, the view that you need to become more defensive, um, that we are potentially approaching the end of the economic cycle and a period of, of you know, high inflation and, and, and rates higher than the past. It all bodes well and it's all a very strong tailwind for the sector generally, certainly relative to global equities and other asset classes where they're much more exposed to elasticity of economic outcomes and much more exposed to margin pressure in rising inflationary environments. Let's change tack a little bit and talk about cash rates and bond yields. Bond yields have been rising. Cash rates are moving up aggressively in some parts. Historically, we've seen infrastructure lag equities in these types of environments, but this time has been quite different. What do you put that down to? We put that down to two reasons mainly. You know, this period of, of really aggressively rising rates is corresponding with, you know, structurally high inflation. And we spoke earlier about how the sector performs in that environment, being an inflation hedge. Secondly, we're seeing very, very strong tailwinds for the sector, structural tailwinds as it relates to decarbonisation. And that's driving strong asset-based growth. 
and being reflected in, in very, very healthy, you know, cash flows, dividend and dividend growth. And more importantly, at the more granular level, the companies in our universe and the ones we invest in, um, are all doing very well. Operating businesses are, are doing very well. Managements are strong. They have strong balance sheets and are, are really sort of focused right now on extracting maximum value for shareholders. So it's a combination of both macro and micro that's really driven this outperformance. Is there a point where we think interest rates or yields will start to affect infrastructure returns and and how and why? What's most interesting about the asset class, similar to inflation, across most of our universe, interest rates are also a pass-through. So utilities in particular, you know, the prevailing interest rates are reflected in the allowed return. So as interest rates start to rise, the view is that allowed returns will start to rise as well. So a bit more of a positive outcome at the fundamental level than, than most people expect. Clearly, if real rates start to rise and rise aggressively, there is a, a more more of an impact on near-term value in particular. But again, we've seen this in the past. As rates inflect, there is a very short period of underperformance, but ultimately what drives the sector is really the, the strength of asset-based growth and how that flows up into equity returns. Cost of living pressures are a global issue. Can regulators change the rules in favour of consumers to the detriment of investors as they navigate this environment? We have seen a, a very stable and consistent application of regulatory frameworks, certainly in developed markets for, for many, many cycles now. And we don't think that changes at the regulatory level. Certainly governments can introduce certain mechanisms to benefit consumers in terms of tax rates, etc. But I think what's most important to understand is that even within regulation, there is mechanisms to help low-income households. And we saw a lot of those implemented at the beginning of COVID during the GFC. Affordability is very important, and there's no benefit for a regulated utility to increase rates to a level where affordability is compromised. So quite often in environments of economic stress, whether that's a function of rising energy costs, et cetera, the outcome is much more negotiated. Again, there is mechanisms in in regulation to ensure that even if the near-term outcome is skewed towards the consumer, that the utility has the ability to claw that back later on in the regulatory period. So we're not overly concerned at this stage that there's going to be a significant shift away from investors to consumers as it relates to returns. The other point to understand, Matt, is that there is a huge amount of investment required globally at the moment to you know, improve existing infrastructure, to grow infrastructure, and also to meet the decarbonisation policy goals that most governments around the world have really stuck to. And we're seeing now with the energy crisis that that's really aggressively facilitated increased interest to, to, to grow that, uh, to grow renewable energy in particular. So there's no benefit for the regulator and governments at the moment to introduce taxes or just regulation at the detriment of investors because it would just discourage capital from being invested in that economy. Again, that tailwind of required capex will probably put a flaw, we think, and they're allowed returns globally for, for some time. Turning to valuations, I've just said before that infrastructure has held up very well versus equities versus REITs. Is infrastructure currently expensive? Have investors missed the opportunity to invest? We don't think it's expensive and we certainly don't think investors have missed the opportunity to invest in in the sector. In the short term, on a multiple basis, the multiple hasn't re-rated at all over the last 10 years. What's driven the outperformance has really been you know, operating outcomes um, and that link between very strong asset-based growth and how that flows up into dividends and dividend growth. 
on an absolute basis, you know, our normal IRRs are still very, very attractive. So as it relates to valuation, we think we're still very positive on the sector going forward. Where are you currently finding opportunities today for the portfolios? From a a more top-down point of view, we are starting to think about positioning the portfolio to become a bit more defensive. And we've been doing that now for a while. So moving away from more economic sensitive parts of our universe, you know, toll roads, airports, into the more defensive utilities um, in North America and Europe. And we're still finding opportunities in those two areas. Increasingly as well, we're finding opportunities in midstream, the midstream part of our universe, where we think, you know, that long-term structural tailwind will really bode well for these companies. And they've delevered and they're growing their cash flows a lot in this environment. And that's translating into very, very healthy dividends and, and dividend growth. Now, around all that, clearly there's some companies where we see very specific idiosyncratic drivers and the portfolio always moves to take advantage of those as well. What are the main risks investors should consider uh, with infrastructure investing in the current market? If you think about risks generally facing most you know, portfolio managers or most funds, the more tactical risks around inflation, interest rates and growth, we're very comfortable with. That environment that will likely eventuate um, will put a strong floor under asset prices. Now, the more specific risks um, related to you know, company-level activities of asset-based growth and how companies are managing the transition, et cetera, et cetera. They're the risks that we focus on primarily. And as it relates to those risks, there's certainly parts of our universe where we are starting to see, you know, some supply chain issues that are emerging, which are impacting, you know, certainly near-term capex in parts of our renewable energy assets. Cost issues, again, um, in some of our, our universe, which we need to focus on and ensure that we're managing at the portfolio level. And that's primarily it. Stepping back and looking in, the sector is really poised for a period of long-term growth. We think the asset-based growth in particular will be significantly higher over the next 10 years than it has been over the last 10 years. And that will translate into very, very healthy returns for investors. Charles, I want to ask a question specifically related to the Cleabridge Global Infrastructure Income Strategy. This strategy targets a total return outcome but built on the foundation of a 5% average dividend yield over a cycle. How do we expect the current environment to impact dividends overall and dividend growth rates into the future? The ability of these companies at the moment to generate significant free cash is high. And that's translating into very, very healthy dividends. Dividend growth has been strong for some time. What's driving dividend growth isn't inflation or anything else. It really is the asset-based growth. There's a very close link between the ability of a company to grow its assets and that translating into you know high dividend growth. And that's one of the reasons why in a period of normal inflation, the dividend growth of the companies we invest in is significantly higher than inflation. And we don't think that will change going forward. So we're very comfortable with not only the a dividend, but a dividend growth. I want to wrap up by heading back to inflation and central bank actions with two questions that we do get a lot. If central banks do manage to bring inflation back under control, albeit structurally higher than the last decade, does this impact the case for infrastructure? I guess what I'm really asking is, does infrastructure investing need inflation for it to be attractive? Let's look over the last 10 years, which has corresponded with a period of fantastic returns for the infrastructure asset class with inflation close to zero across most developed economies. So as I said earlier, inflation doesn't really benefit the sector in terms of the value proposition. Inflation is passed through to views of of the asset. So you have a hedge against inflation. So whether inflation is rising, whether it's slow, 
the fundamental story doesn't really change. And we've seen that over the last 10 years. So you do not need high inflation to generate returns in the sector. Central banks are trying to squash inflation. They're trying to engineer a slowing of the economy. But that ability to engineer a soft landing does seem more difficult. What should investors expect of their infrastructure portfolio if we do enter recession? You know, historically, the sector has done very well when you've had a period of economic distress, whether it be a recession or any other, you know, impact on, on global economies. So, and we wouldn't think it would be different this time. The sector has very strong defensive capabilities, and that's a function of it being in central service, very predictable and resilient cash flows, you know, which translate into very strong dividends and high dividend growth. So when you have a recession and you have market volatility as a result of that, the sector does very well. And historically, it has shown that it can preserve capital significantly. Now, importantly for our strategies, we have benchmark unaware. So we can manage the portfolio as it relates to positioning the portfolio at any point in the cycle. So if we're entering an environment of where we think that growth is moderating and potentially a recession will occur, the environment we're in now, we position the portfolio to become much more defensive by investing primarily in really high quality utilities at the expense of the more user pays, economically sensitive parts of our portfolio. And being benchmark unaware allows us to do that and to do that through most market cycles. And, you know, we don't think that changes at this cycle. Charles, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Infrastructure certainly does solve for a number of portfolio problems that investors are encountering today. That is the ability to generate a more stable return profile built on the foundation of attractive levels of dividend income. There is that inflation pass-through, and in our portfolios, more than 90% of the portfolios have either a direct or indirect pass-through of inflation, and the ability to generate capital growth over long periods of time in a manner differentiated from traditional equities or property sectors. For further information, please contact your local sales representative.